Hey, welcome back. It's Sparky, and this is the Pie Boy Podcast, episode 106. Hopefully I don't say that twice in this episode. If I did, my bad. Things happen. Sometimes we record the parts of podcasts at different times, and that's okay. As long as it kind of fits together and it makes a little bit of sense. That's all that matters. Um, But this one... Uh, it's the last moth story uh, that I did this year, number six. I went to five of them. I got it all mixed up because some of my recordings disappeared and my notes disappeared, my digital stuff. And specifically for the very first one that I got up at. And the second one that I was practicing, I kind of I knew what I was ex- to expect. I'd been to one, didn't get my name called, but then I got the opportunity at this next one. It was sometime in the winter, early 2022, at Holocene. It ended up being a really nice night, but cold. I remember I was wearing like three layers to this thing. Yeah, but I was so nervous. But different. The first time it was like scared and not knowing what to expect and maybe getting called and then not getting called. It's like getting really worked up. So I decided to approach this one differently. I decided to try to find more of a Zen um, mindset and not get too high but not get too low and tap back into some of the comedy podcasts I had heard with people like Joe Rogan and uh, Theo Vaughn or uh, Joey Diaz or Bill Burr or Chris Rock or whoever, like so many different comedians I've heard talk about approaches and those things and they've helped me a lot as a storyteller when we look at it like that in that context. And going into this one I, I was taking some different supplements so make sure I took some uh, alpha brain and some uh, calm mind stuff with like thaline and GABA and ashwagandha root and a little bit of uh, liquid IV energy and different stuff like I don't know just trying to really do something and it was sports I feel like it was an was a lob like they lob one up for me and I was going to hit this thing out of the park I feel like I was going to win it but my approach was not that oh I'm going to win I trained like I wanted to win that was my approach but also I approach it as like no expectations like if I get up great if I don't great still an experience still part of the storytelling journey that is that night about to get there and something feels different I just feel like I'm in the right place at the right time lights are a little brighter sounds are a little sharper I meet the people at the front they check in your vax card and your ID and all that stuff and they remembered me I kind of remembered them but I didn't say that but they remembered me because I had signed up. I was one of the first people to get there and sign up the last time. Oh, yeah, you're a storyteller. That's right. 
are you gonna try tonight oh yeah i am and oh you need like just say hi to the producer dave and whoever and like they'll probably remember you you talked to him last time and blah 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 so i sign up and yeah the guys like they do remember me and that feels really cool it doesn't feel like it's a for sure but they say like the chances of things like it happening is pretty high because it's less people at this one for those 10 spots the holocene a little bit more cozy of a venue compared to the old church and i'm so nervous i sit in the back like as far back as you can get because i keep having to stand up and i'm like stretching back there it's like where the bands play and stuff i went to the bathroom like seven times and i didn't go the first five intermission and like i have a drink and hanging out and go to the bathroom that seventh time like one more time come out after the first person and i think i'm pretty sure i was number seven so the second person after intermission and kind of shocked i was like oh shit i didn't like in my mask because we're still wearing masks but when you go up to tell a story you have the option to take it off and (laughs) the whole idea is that they have to clap for you when they call your name the host calls your name and gives you an introduction and they had this like they stopped because i was so far away and then they had to keep going again it was really funny and it kind of helped me lose some of my nervous energy And I got up there, and I got into my story about going to College of the Siskiyous to play college football. I was a college athlete for a small chunk of time in my life. It was an experience I'll never forget. And when it gets to be fall time and football time, it's hard not to think of this story. It's hard not to be nostalgic and reflect and sometimes have flashbacks of injuries and pain but also glory and fun moments and play calls and certain plays and things it's weird and I used to tap into it more and get all kind of like sad like oh I can't do that anymore now I just let it happen I just let the thoughts come and go and I have these types of mediums writing and podcasting storytelling to just tell them and get them out so they don't sit and just ruminate or collect dust or whatever they are i know there's value so i feel like i have to tell these stories going to college to play football was a long shot for me let's be honest came from malala high school play a little bit at oregon city high school um, not a lot of recruiting, didn't have a lot of size, didn't have a whole bunch of speed or strength, all of, like, these stereotypical things, but I really loved it, and I worked really hard, and I did have a speck of talent, and some connections, and brains, and whatever, work ethic, and it got me a long way, and the story... It's hard. It's hard to tell the story. Two years of time. 
it's really three years of time because it starts like when I tried to go to University of Montana and that did not work out for sports. I did all right in school. But then I went to college for two years. Two years. And I tried to put all of that into a five-minute story. And I've lost it. That story is gone. Once my notes were gone, it really was gone. And it's weird. It wasn't even a year ago. But it helped me realize that stories, you never tell them the same way twice. They change a little bit over time. And that's kind of part of the journey, too. Very similar to music. If you hear it live compared to recorded and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was hard. This has been hard. It kind of it threw me off. That's why there was a big chunk of time in between podcasts, to be honest. That and life and being a teacher and a dad and husband and brother and family member and community member. Just a lot of wild stuff happening in our lives and world. Everybody. So you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you lose your path. And here we are. We're back. Sports helped me find that path. And I'm excited to share this story. After this, podcast may be different. Go back to longer stories. This is not a story short, by the way, and that's okay. Back to the longer form. I need a little bit more space. So I turned this five-minute story into like a 20-minute story. This is just the intro. But I feel good about it. And I hope... Someday to turn this into a bigger project. Honestly, seeing it be, I see it being some kind of creative nonfiction like Hunter S. Thompson following the Hell's Angels in his book, and Tom Wolfe and the Merry Pranksters and other new journalism folk. I feel like you could do that with sports. This story. There's a lot of stuff I saw and went through and experience politics of college sports and racism and kindness and hard work and insane origin stories failure and pressure and depression and bad mental health and physical injuries and so much stuff but here you go here's my 20 minute version maybe someday i'll get to write the book version that's my that's my hope that's one of my little goals to get off the ground this year see if i can catch some traction so here's a little taste of that for you and Until next time, enjoy. Check weed. The story of my college football days at College of the Siskiyous in Weed, California. It all started with a dream. I wanted to play college football. And my dream was to play for the Oregon State Beavers. I wanted to play in that big rivalry game. 
I have been playing sports, basketball, baseball, and football from the day I could walk. It's just an institution in my house. My dad played sports. His brothers played sports. His dad, his dad played sports. My uncles played sports. And we're big fans of sports, too. And also bet on sports. Our team was the Dallas Cowboys for football. And the Oakland A's for baseball. And all kinds of other teams in between. Which is my life. The crazy part is, I didn't even get accepted to Oregon State. And I told myself I was going to go to the first place that accepted me, and that just happened to be not Oregon either, but University of Montana. Which I decided to go to, and my dream became that I wanted to be a Montana Grizzly. I couldn't try out in the fall because my paperwork didn't get there in time. And my transcript made me uneligible because it wasn't there on time. So I had to wait. But I could do winter workouts. No team practice stuff, just straight up conditioning. And let me tell you, it was brutal. Toes on the line, 5.30 every morning. And they whooped our ass. And I even had to pay for it as a class to do this. And there was probably 20-something walk-ons when I started. And in the end, there was maybe 12. I was about two inches from making it. And my transcript still didn't make it in time. So I wasn't eligible for a whole nother year. So I decided to scrap that dream. And I went home that summer, and I was in complete limbo. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know where I was going to go. I hadn't officially transferred anywhere. I just hadn't enrolled in any classes at Montana. Technically, I was still a student there. But I knew I wasn't going back. Uh, maybe I could go to Portland State, but... People my dad thought he knew or did know just never got back to us. So walking on there didn't happen. Then we started thinking about junior colleges. My dad said, oh, Shasta College, which he always had talked about because he knew people that had played there. Called them. No answer. Then... He said, what about College of the Siskies? I think that's just a little ways up from there. And I looked it up really quick on Google, and sure enough, it was. Weed, California, College of the Siskies. So I called the football number. And first ring, Coach Roach picks up. And you got that right. Coach Roach... In Weed, California. I can't make this stuff up. And my first day there, let me tell you, I realized how much of an underdog I was. 
I wasn't recruited out of high school. Barely. Maybe one coach came to see me. Maybe two. Maybe three. I don't know. But I was outmatched, outsized. In high school, but also in college. Definitely in college of the Siskiyous. I had talent. I don't want to get completely wrong. But I had to rely mostly on hard work and smarts. I had to work smarter. It was a million to one shot. And I had that Rocky poster on my wall. I looked at that every day. His life was a million to one shot. And I thought, if Rocky can do that, I can do it. I can make this team. I can start on this team. But it began uh, at the back of the line, 15 people deep. 15 people in front of me. I was surrounded by a cast of characters. People from all over the world. All over America. Uh, People from Samoa. People from Turkey. People from Georgia. People from California, Texas, Florida, New York. Austria, Tonga, Hawaii, so many. And those relationships I built with these people from all over the world, what, what was special about my time there and helped me get through especially with one of my coaches, Coach Gravel. For some reason, that guy connected with me, and he looked out for me. And we got really close. At one point, we had to do these classes uh, on diversity and just building community, and we got paired up with random faculty and students and um, scholar athletes and different people from the community and we had these talks and um, kind of activities that we did together and we got paired up and we got to <clears throat> know each other a lot better and in different ways than being a coach and a player or even a student and a teacher it was deep and after that he told me that he trusted me with his life And those are the kind of relationships that really helped me navigate my time there. Winter workouts after that first year where I spent my whole time on scout team, getting my ass handed to me every single day to the number one offense in California, junior college football they put up numbers I think it was like 520 something yards a game look it up it's up there it's on the College of the Siskiyou site I'm sure it's on other sites or boards somewhere ridiculous 
but that's who I went up against, and it made me better. And that winter after that, when we started getting ready for the next year, I felt like I had momentum because of that. And I had this chip on my shoulder of, like, I'm not doing that again. And the only thing I am going to do is play. But I had to get through winter workouts first. And people said they're gnarly. Because they wanted they wanted to see who really wanted it. They weren't designed just to break you. Yeah, that probably happened. But that wasn't the main focus. The main focus was just to weed out the soft people. Say bye-bye. And after first workout I thought it was game over and then we had two they did two a days crazy workouts and conditioning in the morning and then just straight up workouts and like a practice in the afternoon and after the first set of these circuits we were doing in the afternoon I ran outside and my teammate Ed was out there, and he was puking. And he had already been on the team, and he was transferring somewhere else, but he was working out with us because he had to stay ready because he had scholarship. And he's puking, and uh, I thought he was going to quit. And uh, I puke. And he looks at me. And he's like, are you going to quit? And that moment was only like two seconds, lasted like 24 hours. Because I thought about saying, yeah. Every moment that just like put me to the edge that was going to break me flashed through my head. And I thought it was gonna just be done right then I looked at him and I said fuck no man and like we slapped hands and like we fucking went back in there and like went back to work and like the rest is history but that moment was huge Uh, that was like the turning point I knew after that like nothing could break me Coach Frizz and his workouts couldn't break me. Nothing. Nothing was going to get in my way. No person. For sure. But then there's the more lighter things. The more light things would happen. Dumb things would happen at practices and with these characters. And we're already into this first or second year of college season and we're starting league and we're going up against Feather River and we haven't beat them in like 10 years and they're a triple option team terrible just running all over the place causing havoc and dead serious like coach G and defense like always always very serious but there was knuckleheads that would just ruin these moments and make you feel like yeah we're gonna lose because of these idiots sorry to say but one of those moments that makes me laugh to this day we 
getting ready for them. It's like homecoming. And we're putting in different packages. And they came out in a heavy, heavy, which was like double tight end and a wing and like two wings and some other bullshit. <clears throat> Try to just plow through us like a train. We would go into like a bear look. And if you're a football head, you would understand this stuff. But basically, it's just like, if they make offensive weird adjustments, we're going to make some weird defensive adjustments and just load up and say, like, bring it. You have to run right over us. And we would come down. I was would come down. I'm starting it outside linebacker. And I would line up on the tight end like the, the big guys. And whenever that happened the coach's call because she's telling us like it's called check weed and we're going through everybody's jobs just through like walkthroughs just like okay what's your job what do you do what are your assignments what are your keys what's your reads what are all that shit like you're on the spot it's your quiz it's like the summative assessment for the fucking week and our strong side linebacker does nothing. Coach is like, what's your job, Mike? <laughs> and he has nothing. And Coach, she goes off the handle, like rage mode. And he just says to him, Mike, dude. You know it's Puff Puff Pass, right? And that's when Mike, like, on point says, in front of everybody, doesn't even let Coach G finish. And he's like, Coach. <laughs> and just laughs. I don't pass. And that's when Coach G is like, fucking obviously, obviously, man. You're killing me. And I thought he was going to make us run and freak out but he just like had his moment and just snapped out of it and we finished what we were doing and whatever but we called that play <laughs> check weed because of all that bullshit because that's what he coached thought we would remember because our stoner ways yeah he wasn't the only teammates doing that stuff but not knocking on them, but in those moments, like, when you gotta know what the play is, and you wanna win a championship in a game, you gotta know that stuff. No matter what's going on. Anyway. Yeah. It's crazy. So, unexpectedly, like, I didn't expect this at all. I ended up getting first-team all-conference at weak side linebacker. Will linebacker. And it's kind of a shock. It's very surprising to me. But I find out that it's even more surprising to a lot of people around me. The people in the league voted for me. And I'm pretty sure that my like own people didn't vote for me. Besides like my defensive coach, who I love um, to this day. But like I don't know it just was a freak thing I worked really hard and just got the opportunity and I fucking ran with it but it's not about that it's not about that it was about so much more
it was about being academic all-American. Like, I put in the time on the field, but also in the classroom. I took 16 credits that term. And it was like 12 academics, and then like 4 for my for my athletics, which you got credit for that stuff. But, it's a lot of time. Those were long days. I just remember that happening and just being like this like wave, this rush of like stress going away and just or, but also like realizing like what it was that I did. <clears throat> a lot. It's a lot to think about. It took a lot out of me. It was a lot. It was like 40 hours a week of football and 40 hours a week of school. Not to mention film and going to the training room. I'd be like watching film on my phone, kind of. That was starting to be a thing. Or on like a DVD player, like a portable one. Going to the training room or just going to the training room often before practice, after practice, sometimes at night. It's like two to three times a day just to stay tuned up to be able to walk, let alone play. I had to do what other people wouldn't or couldn't do. Had to like work outside of the the barriers, the outliers. It was fun. It was worth it. And what I learned was it wasn't about all the accolades and really about the success. It was about the journey. It was about the destination of how that propelled me to get here to tell stories and reflect and write and do better it was about all the people I met and their impact on me good and bad that's what I carry now when I think of those times and all I can say is thank you thank you, thank you, thank you a lot of people I didn't even mention. But I was thinking of all of you. Everybody I've connected with there. In two years of College of the Siskiyous. College athlete. Seems like a different dimension. But. I'll be a Siskiyous eagle forever. I'm grateful. Thank you. Until next time. Happy hunting.